Welcome to Go Church Beirut. Your place to love, grow, and go. Get ready to hear an inspiring message recorded during a Go Church Beirut gathering. Come rest. 
give us a stone. So whenever we ask, Holy Spirit, come rest on us. He, he wants that invitation. He wants you to say with your mouth, Holy Spirit, come and rest on us. And whenever we ask, he's a good father. He won't give us a stone. He won't give us what, what, what isn't good, what isn't good for us. So whenever we ask for it, he wants to give it to us. So can we lift our hands again and we sing this out, Holy Spirit and Holy This message is for you. If you think, wow, you know what he's saying, it would really help someone else. No, this message is for you. The Lord's been talking to me about you. Because he wants you charged. This is for you. So if you... Start thinking, getting a little relaxed. Well, I really enjoyed that music. I did too. But this, this part, this is for you. In fact, let me go a step further and say, you don't need to wait until the end when we're going to have some time for prayer. If you want prayer today, you don't have to leave. We're going to pray for everybody that wants prayer. But you don't have to wait for the end because miracles are going to start happening even right now. You know why? Because the atmosphere is charged. He is here. He, the miracle worker, is here. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher who is our guide, and we trust him today to live big on the inside of us, to think through our mind, to speak through our lips, and to unveil and open the treasure of the Word of God to us today. Lord, I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost, that we don't speak of ourselves, but those things that we need to hear come forth in the name of Jesus. And we give you the glory. Amen.
So, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, is our theme verse for this, um, for this series. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And um, as I said, we've been talking about Abel. We want to keep talking about this theme of ability, but we want to make it practical. And this verse is actually the words of Jesus. It's what he spoke a little over a month after he was raised from the dead. The Bible tells us that for 40 days he was seen by his disciples, and then afterwards he was taken up. He ascended in glory. <laughs> he was received up in glory. But just before that, he said these words. He said, but you, talking to his disciples, the believers, the Bible tells us about 500 people. He said, you, you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If we put this with the other accounts of that day, it says, and after he said these things, he was received up in glory. And the 500 are there. Don't make fun, I'd be doing it too. The Bible says that an angel looked down and said, hey, the boss said, go. After you get power. God hasn't called us to do anything in our own strength. In fact, we'll look at it later, but it says that the disciples went everywhere preaching the gospel and the Holy Spirit worked with them and confirmed what they said with signs following. That's what we're talking about this month, being charged. If you start in Genesis, you can't see that God does anything significant in the earth, that it doesn't start with a dynamic encounter with his power. Way before Moses stood in front of the Red Sea, he got charged at a bush that wouldn't burn. In other words, he had an encounter with something that kind of looked like fire, but it was something else. You know what it was? It's not a what, it's a him. Him, the Holy Spirit. 
Let's look at a verse in Ephesians together. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, uh, for those of you that were with us in April for Experience Rhema Day, uh, Patrick did an amazing job going through this, and we have these audios available. I would highly encourage you, if you don't have access to those, uh, ask one of us, and we'll get those to you. But I want to pick on uh, just a couple of words here in this verse. Let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Therefore, do not be foolish. You should say that. Don't be foolish. Do you know the Bible has 200 verses in it that reference fools and being foolish? That's a lot. Don't be foolish. Don't be foolish, but what? Understand what the will of the Lord is. Always read the word from a place of grace. When I read that, you know what that says? I can understand what the will of the Lord is for me. It's not some hidden mystery that I'll never be able to discover. I'm just going to try. Oh, okay. That seemed to work out. Let me try. Another. No. It says I can understand what the will of the Lord is. And it's foolish not to. Okay. It's foolish not to understand the will of the Lord. Got it. So what is the will of the Lord? Let's keep going. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to, here's an interesting word, debauchery. I like words. I, I actually think in words. Pastor Matt Beamer always encourages me to remember most people don't think in words. I think in words. Debauchery. He says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Hmm, what does debauchery mean? So I looked it up. I looked it up. Debauchery means excess. In fact, it means more than just excess. It means excess with sensual things. Sensual. Things that you can sense, feel, touch, taste. Debauchery. So I think, hmm, who came up with this word? The French. The word in English, debauchery, comes from a French term. And the French term means, or its origin means, to entice or to lure away from something good. To draw away from something good. Debauchery. Let me ask you something. Does that word sound familiar? Does that word sound familiar? Trenton, will you put up that next picture? Who knows what that is? That's where it is. Trip is close. <laughs> it is the temple 
of Bacchus. How many of you have ever been to Baalbek? If you've, not, if you've not been with me, then you really haven't been. I'm joking. I, uh, I, I found this picture because I, I like to show what's inside of it. I've been there several times. And uh, I like to see what's inside of it. You know what's inside of it? Nothing. It's empty. Great big stone building, 60-some meters long, 30-some meters high, 30-some meters wide. I looked it up. You guys know I don't know meters. But it's empty. Did you know that it took about 20 years for it to be built? It was built after the first century, so about uh, construction began about 150 A.D., 150 years after Jesus rose from the dead. It was completed about 20 years later, and then the practices of worshiping the idol Bacchus were outlawed throughout the Roman Empire 11 years later. Anybody know that? It won't be on the test. That's all extra credit. So what were they doing there? The temple of Bacchus. And why am I talking about drinking is one of them. In fact, the festival to the god of wine was unspeakable, lewd, sensual acts. Drinking, narcotics, and lots of other things I won't mention. It was so bad that the pagan Romans said, we have to put a stop to this. This is destroying our children. Think about that. That's a low bar, right? They fed people to animals. And they said, no, this is too much. The children that were born from the things that happened in that building became slaves in the temple. Parents that didn't want to take responsibility for their kids delivered them to this temple to be slaves. Terrible. Debauchery. Sin inside of it has a hook in it. And that hook is slavery. Look at this verse in Romans. Romans chapter 6 says, Don't you realize, don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? That word debauchery comes originally from the worship of the God of wine. Or let's say it a different way. 
giving place to and yielding to a spirit that would entice people away from doing right. Now, where did we get off before I started talking about ancient Phoenician history? Don't be foolish. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Great. What's the will of the Lord? Don't get drunk with wine. Wait a minute. Are you telling me I can't get drunk with wine? I'm telling you, you shouldn't. You know, there are no great stories that begin, first, I got really drunk. Right? That's how you tell this, how you got arrested. That's how you tell how you lost your money. That's, a, that's not how you tell. Like, then I had this great idea. No. Don't be drunk with wine, which leads to slavery. I, I said, you know, if you go there, you go to Baalbach, you go into that, you see that room, it's, just, it's empty. There's nothing in there. And that's what sin is. Looks really impressive from the outside. That's even a Bible verse. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25 says that sin has pleasure for a season. Looks pretty on the outside, but inside, the only thing in there, slavery. Slavery is where you are occupied by someone else. You don't get to choose where you go or what you do. You may have come in here today, and some of you think you have it hidden pretty well. But I have two things to say to you. The sin that you think is hidden is not. It's showing. It's deception to think that no one sees it, that you have it hidden, or that you're getting away with it. But what I want to tell you is you don't have to leave here bound because there is absolute freedom in Jesus. Absolute freedom in Jesus. And it's not a process. Colossians says we are translated. That is supernatural movement into freedom. The will of God for everyone is freedom in Jesus, not slavery in sin. And the purpose for freedom is so that you can be charged for the plan that God has for you. Don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What's the will of the Lord? The will of the Lord is that you are free from sin. That you are absolutely free from sin. That you're absolutely free from the thing that you think no one knows about. But you know still binds you. The will of the Lord is that you be absolutely free, and not just free, but full of power. Not full of some kind of power, but full of Him. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. There's freedom in here for you. Because the Bible says in Corinthians that we are the temple of the living God. Think about this. God told Moses, I want you to build a place for me to come and inhabit. They called it the tabernacle. It was a tent. Really nice. Really nice tent. But in Numbers, in the book of Numbers, it says that there was a time where everything was prepared and they filled that tabernacle with precious things. But it wasn't his temple. It wasn't the temple of the living God until he filled it. There was some evidence when God moved in to the tent Moses built. And that evidence, the Bible says, was something that looked like a cloud that came up from it during the day and something that looked like fire at night. Everybody that saw that tabernacle knew God lived in there. Why? Because there was some evidence. The plan of God for you is that everybody that sees you, everybody that sees you sees some evidence of the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of you. About a year and a half ago, I guess it was about a year and a half ago now, um, a guy came up to me and he said, can I talk to you? I said, sure. He said, I know this person that's been coming to your Go Church meetings. I said, yeah, great. He said, I knew them before they started coming and they were always negative, always sad, always talking about how bad things were. And then they started coming and now they're always glad and they're full of hope and they're always talking about what's going to happen. He said, I don't know what happened to them, but I want it to happen to me. There should be some evidence that God has moved on the inside of us. And I'm talking about the tabernacle from the Old Testament. You think, well, that's the Old Testament. That's, you know, that's in the past. No, let's look at the New Testament. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, something happened. Acts chapter 2 is right after Acts chapter 1, for those of you playing, playing along. Acts chapter 2, it says that there was a sound from heaven like a, what's it say? Roaring, mighty windstorm. I heard one minister say this, you know, if you're living in A.D. 33, the loudest thing you've ever heard is weather. So when Luke is trying to describe this, 
It was really loud, like weather. It wasn't weather, though. It was him. Who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, you know who he is? He's the one Jesus was so excited about. Read the book of John, the Gospel of John. In John chapter 7, Jesus, everyone is having a festival, and they're celebrating something they don't know yet. And the Bible says that Jesus stood up and with a loud voice said, Hey, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink, because out of your belly will flow rivers, rivers, rivers of living water. And then just in case we missed it, John said, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 1, he said, you will receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And in Acts chapter 2, it says there was a sound. Like really loud weather. And then something happened. Do you know what happened? Just like he did in the Old Testament, God himself moved into the temple. That's why Paul said, hey, to a bunch of Gentiles in the south of Greece, he said, hey, don't you know you are the temple of God? There should be some evidence on the inside of you as an individual when the Spirit of God takes up residence on the inside. There should be some evidence when we all come together. There was evidence there. In Acts chapter 2 verse 4 it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began and began to speak. Speak. You know, speak is something that no one can do for you. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. They yielded to the flow of the Spirit of God by opening their mouth. And when they did, it didn't fill the room. It filled the city. Rafi and I were once sitting with a, a pastor, and the guy asked, he says, are you Pentecostal? I said, I am very Pentecostal. Do you speak in tongues? Absolutely. Did so today. Do you have to speak in tongues to go to heaven? No. But if you want heaven to invade your Tuesday, spend some time speaking in other tongues. Speaking in tongues is the doorway through which you can enter a supernatural world or what the Bible calls the powers of the world to come. Yes, I speak in tongues and I am unashamed. Yes, I'm Pentecostal and I'm very Pentecostal. What does that mean? Well, let's look at what happened in Acts chapter 2 when those very Pentecostal people broke out of that room. 
Verse 41, I believe, it says, 3,000 people came to know Jesus. 3,000 people came to know Jesus. You know what the evidence is of the Holy Spirit moving in on the inside of us? People come to know Jesus. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit doesn't speak of himself. No, he points to Jesus. The Holy Spirit didn't come to make you famous. The Holy Spirit came to make Jesus famous. The evidence, the Bible evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit, initially the first evidence, not the only, the first evidence is speaking in other tongues. But there are many other things. Supernatural things. Why? Because we are in this world, but we are not of this world. It is the will of God. It is the will of God for all people to come to the knowledge of Jesus and be saved, be born again. Jesus used that term, born again. It is God's will that everyone, because the price has been paid. The Bible says that God was in Jesus and he reconciled, that means to bring back the whole world to himself so that he does not hold anyone's sin against them. That's why I said you can be free today. And for everyone who would receive Jesus, it is the will of God that you live filled with him. It is the prayer prayed for the early church by the apostles that we, the church, would be filled with the fullness of God. Do you know why? Because there are things that God wants you to do you cannot do on your own. There are things that God has planned for you. There are others who have prayed before you even showed up. And the Lord said, yes, I will do it because you are here in this time. But you can't do it on your own. Everything God has done in the earth, he did it through people that were charged. I'm talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not something that just happened way in the past. Oh, I was filled with the Holy Spirit way back in 1988. Why have you beat? I was filled with the Holy Spirit in 1979. 1979? Some of you weren't even born in then. Well, I tried it, but it didn't work. That's not a Bible verse. Period. In fact, it's an easy thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Luke, and in fact, um, one of you, uh, Rebecca, I think you quoted it, Luke chapter, uh, chapter 11. Do you have that, Trenton? Trenton is helping me. Luke chapter 11, Jesus said this. He said, if you, though you're just evil, natural, carnal. You're not God. You know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? How much more 
Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Years ago, I was volunteering at uh, our church, uh, Raymond Bible Church in, in Tulsa. I was with uh, the kids, which is way more fun. And I was helping with the kids. I wasn't leading the meeting. I was just doing crowd control. So it's me and like seven other kids. I always said it was fine as long as the kids didn't realize they outnumbered us. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit. There's a little girl sitting next to me. I think she, was, she may have been nine years old. And the person from the front that was leading the session was talking about receiving the Holy Spirit. This little girl turns to me and she says, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. I said, okay, great. She says, but I don't know how. I didn't even look the verse up. I just quoted it from memory. I quote this verse from her. I said, all we have to do is ask the Father in Jesus' name for the Holy Spirit, and He will give it to you. She said, it's that easy? I love kids. Kids don't try to think of reasons why, oh, it won't work for me because I'm super special and have lots of problems. She goes, is that easy? I said, yeah. She said, can we do it now? Yes. I said, just say this out loud after me. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. <laughs> I don't know. She probably had a little more bass in her voice. I don't know. She repeats the prayer. I said, I said, give me the Holy Spirit. She says, give me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. She's got her eyes closed. And she opens one eye and looks at me. I said, okay. Now, say something that's not English. She closes her eyes. She opens her eyes. She says, I don't know how. I said, yeah, you do. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. Because we just prayed. And when we pray according to God's word, he always hears us. So she closes her eyes. You know what she did? She starts speaking in other tongues. Do you know why? Because she was filled. Do you know why? Because God is just that good. And it is just that simple. Yeah, but you don't understand because, it, hush, stop believing lies. Your lies form the fence in which you live. And the, the door is not locked. There are no limits to what God can do through you. Yeah, that happened to me. I, I, I prayed. I even prayed in tongues. It was 11 years ago. It was a great day. It was a Tuesday. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then just two chapters later, it says that same group all got together and prayed. And you know what the Bible says? It says 
that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Wait a minute. That had already happened in Acts chapter 2. Yeah. Because one minister said it like this. We are leaky vessels. We get filled, charged, and then we get under load, and we start losing some of that charge. In Acts chapter 2, they got filled. When they got filled, they preached. When they preached, 3,000 people came to know Jesus. In Acts chapter 3, a man got healed that had never walked. Later on, they got arrested. And they were told, you can't do that anymore. Which could have a tendency to draw out some of the charge. And instead of just saying, well, that would have been nice, they went back and said, Lord, fill us again. Let's get charged back up. How did they do that? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19 tells us, speaking, speaking. You can't think your way out of problems. You can read a book and find lots of good things, but at some point, you need to open up your mouth and give place or yield to the power of God because He is who makes the difference. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand up with me. I've gone long enough. Just, uh, just in reverence to the Lord, because He's here, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Don't be looking around. I want to give you an opportunity today to participate in what we're talking about. And it starts with receiving the free gift of Jesus. Most of you I know. But I want to give always room for someone to say yes to Jesus for the first time. Maybe you're here today and you have made a commitment to Jesus in the past, but you know, you know you're not living the way you should. Maybe you'd say, if Jesus came and stood here in front of me today, I'm not ready to meet him. Because I've had things that I know I shouldn't be doing that are enticing me and leading me away from what he has for me. Inside of that is slavery, and I don't want you to be bound by it. I want you to be free. So just now, I'm going to lead everyone in a prayer where we can say yes to Jesus and we can be free from these sins and weights.
Don't leave this place the way you came. Tomorrow isn't promised. Are you ready to meet him? Maybe you've let something from your past come in between you and God. Maybe something that someone said or someone should not have done, but they did. Don't let that be the thing that sends you to hell. Time is short, and Jesus is coming. These are the last days. But they could be your last days. And I don't want I don't want the opportunity to go by. Let's have a just a simple prayer. You can just say this out loud, loud enough that you can hear it with your ears. God, I believe you. I believe you gave Jesus. He's Lord. I'm not. I believe that Jesus died for me. With my mouth... I say, He is my Lord. He's alive. And I am your child. Heavenly Father, I say, I'm free now. Because you don't have bound children. Say, I'm free. Say, I'm free. Say, I'm free. I'm free. In, Jesus name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I've been talking about the Holy Spirit, receiving the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God coming on the inside of you. If you would like to receive what the Bible calls the baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you would like to experience being filled with the Holy Spirit and be charged from the inside, then I'd like you to make your way down here and just stand along this first row. If you'd like prayer to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'd like you to come down and just stand right here. Don't be shy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Come on, just make your way this way. Bless the Lord. Glory to God. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands to heaven, say, thank you, Lord. 
Oh, thank you, Lord. Lord, you are good. Your mercy endures forever. <laughs> oh, thank you for glory. Thank you for glory. Thank you for glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, you that have come, I want you to listen to me. I'm going to pray a prayer. And when I do, the Spirit of God's going to come on you. Hallelujah. Just like that little girl I told you about. Happened to me the same way. I'm going to pray just a general prayer. And then I'm going to ask Patrick and Dee and uh, Pastor Chase if you'd come and help us. And, uh, Pastor Tripp and Rachel. They're going to lay hands on you. And you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father. I thank you for these that have come. They have responded in faith that your word is true. I know it is. And I know you're good. You're a good, good father. And because you're good, you will give the Holy Spirit to them because they're asking. So we ask now in Jesus' name for the baptism of the Holy Spirit on these, to come on these, that you grant unto them. Now, as hands are laid on them by these... In Jesus' name, the Spirit of God comes on them in fullness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you for joining us at Go Church Beirut. Go Church Beirut exists so that everyone can experience the unconditional love of God, grow in His love, and go with His love to their world. To stay connected with all that is happening at Go Church, follow us on social media at Go Church Beirut. And, if no one told you yet today, we love you and expect God's best for you.